Welcome to the Love Reaching Community's Sermon of the Week. For more information pertaining to the life of the church, please visit our website at lrcchurch.co.za. Amen. That is so funny because Terry didn't know, but this morning we are going on an alliteration journey again. And guess what letter we are alliterating with? And Terry was the punishment and power, the penalty and power. So we're going to continue on that trend. But what are we busy with at the moment as a congregation, as a body, as a people? Maturity. There we go. Well done. Open your Bible in Hebrews 6 verse 1. Let's read it together just so that it can sink home. And it's only a few more than we've, we've, we've gone through that. Then we're going to go into an actual book of the Bible again. So that's something to look forward to. Not just a topical thing that we go through. But Hebrews 6 verse 1. Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity. Not laying again. Foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God. It is always important for us to be mindful that we did nothing for our salvation, but God did everything. We, we are imperfect, separated from him because of sin and our broken nature. He comes and he extends grace. He comes and he gives himself and he restores us to relationship in him. That is the reason why we sing. That is why we get excited. That is why we can linger in his presence. Because of him, not because of us. Who was here the last time I spoke on maturing in the spirit? Show of hands, please. Let me recap. Thank you very much. Willing, willing audience is always, always fun. But I spoke about maturing in our understanding that there is a spiritual realm and that we are part of it. Can you remember? I said we are spiritual beings. Up until that point, people were struggling to follow me. And then I went into that portion where I said, I lost the battle. Can you guys remember? And I said, just be, be aware. Wake up. We are part of a spiritual battle. Do not be conned and lulled into this thing that you are not part of it. We are. And I said to you something that I can do nothing without the Spirit. And I said I can accomplish much with the Spirit. Remember, today we're doing part two. Thank you for that. I want to say today we're going to look at maturing in the, in the presence, the Holy Spirit's presence. And before we do that, there's nothing we can do, guys. I've, like, we cannot mature the Holy Spirit's presence. It's not like a bottle of wine that you can put on a shelf and as it gathers dust, it just gets better and better. And there's nothing you can do to conjure up the Holy Spirit. So I want to say this morning, as we go through this, the aim would be that we mature in our relationship with Holy Spirit. The person of the Holy Spirit. Of, of the Trinity, Holy Spirit. First thing we do is, like I just reminded us, it's Him that came and made us restored and reconciled in relationship. Nothing we can do. The second thing, as I talk about this maturing, and it's, it's the first point that we're going to go, is that, that because we are in a relationship with Holy Spirit, 
We should mature in our awareness of the Holy Spirit. Worship team led us so well in that song. Our awareness of His presence. And then the last thing is that we, we grow in our dependence of Holy Spirit. Now guys, I come out of a Pentecostal charismatic background. We always refer to Him as the Holy Spirit. <laughs> And I want to say this morning, if I do that, I don't want to take away from the person of the Holy Spirit. I want you to think about it when I slip up and I say the Holy Spirit instead of Holy Spirit. Think about it as when, when somebody comes and says, are you Johann Mayer? And I say, no, I am the Johann Mayer. You know, my, my sister, Melissa's sister is also married to Johann Martin Mayer. And then people will say, ah, oh, the two brother-in-laws have the same name. It's like a party trick. Then I say, no, I am the Johann M. Mayer. So this morning when I slip up and I say the Holy Spirit, it's from habit. And it, it, in my mind, it doesn't detract from him as a person, fully God. And I want you to consider that when I say that, I'm saying the Holy Spirit. Emphasis on there is but one. That is Emmanuel, God with us. The Holy Spirit. The one whose presence we should be aware of. And the one who comes and takes our faces and say, look at me. The Holy Spirit this morning. Can you do that? Because I, I can almost guarantee I'm going to slip up, but let's do that. Two anchor texts this morning. Romans 8 verse 14. I wonder how quick Daryl is. I cannot. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. It's a promise. It's an expectation. You say you are a child of God. You should be led by the Holy Spirit. You are led by the Holy Spirit. Everybody will see that you are a child of God. Galatians 5.25 if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. So let's go into point one, awareness. I, I, I classified this one. I was thinking, like, how do I talk about Holy Spirit? When, because I believe He's for us and He's with us and He's in us and He is through us. And that's how I think about it. But how do I classify that into thoughts that actually make sense in a structure for you guys to pick up something helpful and grow, hopefully, in God? So my first one, this awareness, I said that is for us, with us, and in us. The awareness. Romans 8 verse 14. They, they sometimes describe the person of, of the Godhead as a gentleman who, who never invades. And, and we, we're comfortable with that. But that would, would be completely true if he wasn't always present. Because then that statement only makes sense actually when we say when we invade the presence. When we come into the presence. But what has happened is we forget 
that we are in the presence of the Holy Spirit. We think when we arrive on invitation, He arrives. We think when we sing gentle songs with pads on the keyboard, it ushers in the presence. And we start to play this important role, which is not ours to play. We come into the presence of the Godhead when we wake up. It is not sometimes here, sometimes not. Like Hollywood would tell us, tell us in the cathedral, there the presence, outside of the cathedral, there the presence of Satanists. Like there is, like Kuna said, darkness and light, like that separation that we need in our minds. We are in the presence of the Almighty, Holy God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We are in the presence. But then why don't I always feel goosebumps? Why don't I have cold shivers? Because we forget about the presence. We neglect the presence. I think we should all go in the mornings and say good morning. <laughs> Just for a season to get away that we are so privileged to be in the presence of the Godhead. No, we live our lives like they, the Trinity is the favored one when they come into our presence. I'm not using we and us just pointing at you. I'm pointing at myself. We neglect it. Awareness of the Holy Spirit, of the presence. It's for us. John 14, 16 says, And I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may be with you forever. Those words are spoken by Jesus Christ. Fully man, fully God. When he says forever, it didn't end in 2001 when this revival ended or when that revival ended. Forever. He is for us. Holy Spirit was sent for you. Holy Spirit was sent for me. The presence is there for you. The presence is there for me to be aware of. The other way you look at four is I, I come to you and I say, hey, Terry, are you for me? Terry says, ah, man, I'm not for you. I'm against you. Brandon, are you for me? Yes, you're for me. You know the other context that you use that for me? It's not just something that's given for you to use. It's something that stands for something. I want to say sometimes we forget that the Holy Spirit is for us. Not against us. It's not this, this secret agent that comes to spy on what you do and say and quickly makes a note of it. And then later, come Christmas, who's been naughty? Who's been nice? You deserve my presence. You don't deserve my presence. Gifts for you. Gifts, no. Nothing for you. He is constantly for us. 
You're like, I, I'm for my children. I'm for their future. I'm for the best that they can live. Even if they stuff up, I'm for them. And thank God he is for us too. The other thing I want to say is with us and he's in us. We need to become aware that he's with us and he's in us. The, the, the word used is parakletos. He is our paraclete. I don't know. No one here that's Greek. Not offending anyone. But not parakete, paraclete. Costa. Ah, hey, parakletos. I don't know. Comforter, advocate, helper, presence. He's our paraclete. It's with us. Maybe you just want to honor him right now and say, thank you, God, for being with me. Just where you are. Choose to become aware and say, God, I, I honor you right now. That you are with me. You are my covering. You are my advocate. Thank you, Holy Spirit. But He's in us. Acts 2 verse 1 to 4. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting with us. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. He's in us. I wonder how many things we'll do if we constantly remind ourselves, He's in me. How many unkind words will be spoken when I remind myself, He's in me. I have this, this picture and Growing up in, in the, the church background that I grew up in, you have seen a lot of things like when, when, when there were oppression and possession and, and people are set free in God. And you just have to switch on to a, a movie with a slight spiritual slant to it and you see how the holy water is sprinkled and it's, it manifests. Anybody watch Days of Our Lives when the eyes went yellow? Can you guys remember that, that time? Stefano, Stefano. And the eyes went yellow and there was a demon possession. And poor John could sprinkle bucket loads of holy water. But that demon never left Marlena. Can you guys remember? Guys, I was very alone in high school. That was my go-to place. Come on now. Don't let me expose myself alone here. I know some of you also watched it because you're chuckling. Come on, man. But that, that, those, those pictures of this are manifestation. And we in our church background, we're like, that person is man. There's a demon there. Just everybody be aware. Plead the blood of Jesus over you. That thing's got to go. There's manifestation. I can't be the only person in the face of this church that has seen that or, or know of it. <clears throat> I want to tell you, if we can believe that those baddies can manifest, why is it such a far cry to believe that the Holy Spirit can manifest? 
If a demon can manifest in somebody and the eyes go yellow, why can the Holy Spirit not manifest in us and our words change to kindness? Why is it so difficult to believe it? Have we been so conned and so removed from the awareness of the reality of the presence of Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit. I ask you, It's a promise. Jesus said it will happen. And it happens. This morning, after I've wrapped up the peace, we're going to pray for you if you haven't been filled with the Holy Spirit. We're going to believe it. We're going to stand on God's word that says it is accessible for all his children to have that thing that confirms the Holy Spirit is in you and it manifests through you and in you. Point number two, and you'll be glad to know I've deviated from reality and I've only got two points with lots of subpoints. Point number two, we should grow and mature in our dependence on the Holy Spirit. I want to cast this point to you and explain it like that. It is in us to work through us. So I've got 10 Ps that we're going to go through. Those Ps are things that I think we should expect and anticipate. And it should just, hmm, I want more. Entice us to pursue it more. Like this time of the year, I'm a great fan of Christmas cake. The other day we had some tasting to decide what is the best Christmas cake for the best price. And we had like little piece and Trevor was tasting and Lainey and all of us. And, and before we know it, we're like, hmm, I want some more. Boops, it was gone. Before you knew it, that's what we want with the Holy Spirit. Entice us to eat a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more, more, God, more. So that's the aim of the peas. Okay. I don't know. It's, let's overall call it under pudding. <clears throat> but I picked the peas because of paracletos, paraclete. I picked the pea because of presence. See how clever I am now. You've got that connection. Holy Spirit, Paracletos, presence. And then there are 10 things that we can pursue. But let's dive right in. The first one, that if we are aware and we grow in our dependence of the Holy Spirit, our perspective should change. I'm stretching this one. 1 Timothy 3 verse 16. Great indeed we confess is the mystery of godliness. He was manifest in the flesh, vindicated by the Spirit, seen by angels, proclaimed among the nations, believed on in the world, taken up in glory. When there's more of the Holy Spirit, your perspective changes to declaring the greatness of Jesus Christ. He is the one that we are about. Not the best vision, the best plan, or it's Him. The perspective of us looking at Jesus Christ in his fullness, exploring his fullness, not ours. Romans 8, 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. All of a sudden, it doesn't really matter 
what the person looks like. It matters he's about his eternity. It matters about the reality of life in Christ. It matters about the word that God has given that person to bring to you. It matters about you bringing a word to a person when he says so. Your perspective changes from you to Jesus. Point number two. Second P, your position changes. When you start to live on the dependence, more aware of the dependence of the Holy Spirit, you know what your position in Him and in the kingdom is. What is it, church? Who are you? What is your position in God? Okay. That was not rhetorical. Hoping. There we go, Laney. Your position is child of God, son and daughter, righteous by the blood of the Lamb. And all of a sudden, no matter what the world shouts at you, your position is secure in Him. 1 John 3, verse 1. See what kind of love the Father has. He's given to us that we should be called children of God. The third P, power. Acts 1, verse 8. Do one, it says. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. There is power in being aware and depending on the Holy Spirit. There is empowering. And it's all fun and well when we believe there's power, when we have to go and push a car door open or, or speak to people that we are scared of. But there is power for everyday living when the busyness of life comes and wrings the energy out of us. How we can stand up and say, as for me and my house, I will serve the Lord. I will serve the Lord. On that point, thank you so much to everybody that attended our last prayer meeting. What a blast. What a blast. We might repeat that at some time. The fourth P, permission is granted. Galatians 5.25, if we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. I didn't quite get that thing. It's not saying just stand in the Spirit. It says step in the Spirit. One step, two steps, three steps. Permission is granted that you can walk with the authority and the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. You don't have to just stand and be fearful where you are. Permission granted. You can become an active part of the body of Christ. Permission is granted to take the word and where he has taught you to go to somebody and share it. Permission is granted to call yourself son and daughter of God. Permission is granted for you to live according to what he says and not what people declare over you. Fifth B. I hope you're not going ahead of me, Daryl. Okay. Potential is released. You will produce life. Oh, 2 Corinthians 3 verse 4 to 6. Such is the confidence that we have through Christ towards God. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything as coming from us. 
But our sufficiency, our more than enough, is from God, who has made us more than enough to be ministers of the new covenant. Not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills. When there's law only, there is death. But the spirit gives life. The spirit gives life. You know those people that you've been speaking to for yonks and they just will not bow their knee before Jesus Christ? Can I just suggest, next time before you engage them in conversation, say, Holy Spirit, more of you for this conversation that's about to come. More of you in me. More of you with me. More of you through me. Because this is the promise and the guarantee Spirit will give life. Point number six, our P. Purpose is confirmed. And you know how I get about purpose. What is our purpose? Well, our mandate is love reaching communities. We are a diverse community of people with diverse gifting, serving diverse communities through the love of Christ. To know Him, to make Him known, and to be known by Him. Purpose is confirmed. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1 to 2. Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God. For no one understands Him, but He utters mysteries in the Spirit. What am I saying here? Our purpose, first of all, is to hear the voice of our Father and to speak the voice of our Father. When people don't know who they are, it is our purpose to go and tell them. No, it, man, don't sell yourself so, so, so cheaply. He loves you. He died for you. To declare Jesus Christ to the people. Number seven. One, two, three, four. Four left. I said the pleasure of his presence is tangible. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 4 to 11. He talks about, oh dear, either you've fallen asleep or you haven't read your Bible. What is it? Is it on there? Ah, man, It is the gifts. Hey? Prophecy. Word of knowledge. Word of wisdom. Tongues, interpretation, miracles, healings. What am I missing? Faith. I'm sure I'm missing one. Okay, anyway. Guys, when we are dependent on the presence of the Holy Spirit... We see the pleasure of his manifestation. And all of a sudden, we know that when his children gather, it will happen because he loves us. And it's not something we have to conjure up and tell people, if you have enough faith, this is going to happen. If you sit and you, you ponder on the scripture, this will happen. It is the pleasure of the Trinity to manifest its gifts in the presence of his children. All of a sudden, the striving and the, the effort 
is taken from us when we depend on Him. His pleasure, His will, His presence, His decision. Number eight, purity is natural. <clears throat> Galatians five sixteen to 17. <laughs> but I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. And this thing that we struggle with, oh dear, that elusive holiness. <laughs> we just can't get it. <laughs> oh, I just, I... I decide on Monday, I'm not going to say anything bad. I get to staff meeting and before we've kicked off prayer meeting, I've already been harsh with my tongue. This elusive thing of holiness. And I fall in this pit by three o'clock that afternoon. I don't know how to lead an elders meeting because I've been so harsh with my tongue. We live by the Spirit. It is doable. He empowers us. He convicts us. He brings life. And he brings forgiveness. We're all going to slip up. It's going to happen. This portion here speaks a lot about the purity like, do not be this and do not go and do this. Don't be sexual and this. Don't do that. Don't do that. And we're okay with that because, I mean, those are the things that we can easily. But it's the little bits of purities that we struggle with, isn't it? It is that little bit of, did you hear? But that's nothing. Let me tell you. It's those little bits of things that we struggle with. When we are depending on the Holy Spirit, He enables us to walk in purity. It's natural. And the promise comes later in, in Galatians 5, when it, verse 22, when it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. He comes and He gives us the, the power and the ability to choose life. Anybody here who's ever been in a situation where sin came, knocked you over the head, and forced you to do what you had to do? No. No, guys. We choose it. We choose it. And here it comes and it says, when we depend on the Holy Spirit, we can choose the fruit of the Spirit. Let's read it. Come on, let's say it together. Love. Joy, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. We live in a society where churches don't celebrate this enough. I want to say as a congregation, we need to get back to the point where we celebrate, encourage, recognize this in each other. Well done for your self-control. Well done for your patience. 2.9. Second last one. Punctuality. I hope those chuckle is because you're feeling convicted in the Holy Spirit right now for all the late coming. You know that we've just had to spend money to build a door there because people come late and they come through the kitchen and we can't open the front door. Sis, guys. 
Shame on you. The church service starts at 9.30, man. Yo. Punctuality. That's not the punctuality I'm talking about. But the Holy Spirit will always be on time. Act 1 verse 8. I'm just going to say, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit arrives. When? When? He's on time every time. Just be ready. Be available. The point is, when you are not here and when he arrives, you miss it. He's so punctual. And then the last one, peace will govern our lives when we live in dependence of the Holy Spirit. There's so many. Blessed are the peacemakers. The peace of God that transcends understanding. But I've picked Romans 8 verse 6, which says, For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. Life and peace. There's this beautiful thing that they always do in the, in the Dutch Reformed churches, the, and the presence of the Holy Spirit be you, and the peace of God be with you, and the, the grace of Jesus Christ be with you. Almost the benediction that they speak out. But that peace that is the very presence of the Trinity that comes and governs and resides in your life when you are depending on the Holy Spirit. Ten peace. Why peace? Because parakletos and presence. Ten peace. Let's recap quickly. Perspective changes. Our position changes and is confirmed. We know who we are. The power of the Holy Spirit is upon us. Permission is granted for you to live your life according to what He has told you to do. Potential is released. You will produce life. Purpose is confirmed. The voice of the Father will be heard. Pleasure of His presence is tangible. And praise will erupt. Purity is natural because we choose the fruit of the Spirit. Punctuality. He is always on time when He arrives. And peace will govern your life. It's all just 10 points. What we're after is the actual presence 